welcome everyone to another week of Just Me with R.R. Campbell. If you're watching this on YouTube, as opposed to tuning into the podcast version, uh, this isn't what you're used to. There's an empty chair next to me. I thought the show was Just Me with R.R. Campbell. Well, today it's going to be a little different, kind of like our music is different for this month. Yes, it's the first episode of a new month, so we have some new tunes playing for you. Last month, unfortunately, no one was able to guess the name of that cover, so we're going with an original this month, but last month, here it is, for those of you who are waiting, the name of that song was Holding Someone's Hair Back by the band Circa Survive. It's on their Juturna album. I'll put a link in the video description if you want to give it a listen and see how well I did or didn't get with the uh, cover that I tried to put together, but... All of that aside, because like I said, referencing notes here quickly, we're going to be venturing into something new today. A quick moment of gratitude first. However, I do want to thank Kim, who tweets at LechegoMyEgo on Twitter. Had some really nice thoughts to share via Twitter as well as on YouTube. Kim, I really appreciate that. Everyone, I appreciate everything you have to say out there. But after last week's episode, I really needed that pick-me-up, and Kim was there to provide that. So thank you. Thank you, Kim. And now, in keeping with shifting to Relatability Corner, this week we're going to bring on someone who we'll see how well they relate to this prompt. This prompt I did not tell them about in advance. I would like to introduce to you and welcome to Just Me with R.R. Campbell, my wife, Lacey. Please, come on in. We'll play some music for when you sit down here. Yes, Lacey is here. Hello. This is your first time appearing on um, a podcast that I have done. Don't cheat and look at the notes. Okay. <laughs> um, this is the first time you've been on a podcast that I have done or have... This is the closest you've come to listening to mm -hmm. a podcast I yes. have made or anything like that. How does it feel? Um, it's interesting. Sometimes I can hear you uh, doing this from afar, but it's it's different being so up close and actually seeing it happen. Yeah, and you have to look at yourself now in the shot every yeah. time you glance at the camera. Yeah, I'm trying not to feel. do that. Don't, yeah, don't really care for that. Okay. You, get, you find a way to like look at the camera without seeing yourself mm -hmm. eventually, and yeah. then you know you get over it. But so one of the things that we do on this show or have been for the last couple of weeks is this thing called Relatability Corner. I go on Twitter or I ask people on Facebook or I just do it in these episodes and people can email me about it. And the idea is to give a prompt that's like, okay, how do you feel about A or B? It's normally a pretty silly thing. We've okay. talked about um, socks before. Do you wear them to bed? We did one that was about vacations. Do you plan them? Do you mm -hmm. just kind of do them however? This last week, okay. however. I'm nervous. <laughs> we have quite the prompt. I will read it here from the tweet. In keeping with the tweet from a few days ago, for this week's Stars, Stars, Relatability Corner, Stars, Stars, I'm asking you to complete this sentence. The skeleton who lives inside me is A, super spooky, or B, totally rad. Lacey, how do you feel about the skeleton who lives inside you? Uh, oh, that's really tough. I would never, ever describe anything about me as spooky, mm. ever. Good point. So I think I'd have to go with rad, even though I don't think I feel super strongly about rad, but I feel very strongly oppositely about spooky. All right, well, that's, that's fine. <laughs> these, are the, uh, these are the tough choices we want people to make in Relatability Corner, and it's interesting that you put it that way, and I'll give the breakdown of the poll for the folks who are watching and listening. So actually, this was a much closer poll than any of the others we have had, if I'm not mistaken. We also got a fair number of votes, so good engagement this week. That's great. 
Totally Rad was actually the winning the winning choice by 56.7% to 43.3%. Mm. So you're in the majority there. And we had some additional thoughts. You're the only person to raise the point about like, well, it's certainly not spooky. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't be a spooky skeleton. Yeah. I'd be like a cute... Not scary. Skeleton. Would you have like a a little flower or something like where your hair would be? Yeah, like a the... or yeah, like a little hat or something. Like a little <laughs> hat. Okay, that's fair. So Kim had this to say. She is the same Kim we mentioned at the top of the episode. Actually, was a detractor in this case, Kim. Mm-hmm. In the same way that you and I were both detractors to the idea of having favorites in a past episode. But Kim said this about the skeleton stuff. I hates it. Loudly crying face. That's the emoji. It just you know transliterated it for the purposes of copy and paste story about it. <laughs> Kim says, I used to do some practical effects work for a short time. And the only thing that really wigs me out are skeletons. Huh. I thought that was interesting because if you were doing practical effects stuff and had to do a lot of like, also practical effects, that means like actual skeletons, doesn't it? I don't know. Hmm. Was that on my brother, my brother and me, where they were talking about how at the Disney park for one of the Pirates of the Caribbean's movies, mm. they used real human yeah. skeletons? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Yeah. Kim, you've been messing with real human skeletons <laughs> for your job? This whole week, I was thinking about it in the context of like, I hear practical effects and my, I know that that's not what this is, but I went immediately to like computer generated effects. Mm. Probably not the case. So... Yeah. Yeah. If anything's going to, you know, creep you out, it's probably an actual human skeleton. Uh, but I, I don't know, maybe it's because I haven't come into contact with a ton of human skeletons, <laughs> but I think that would be kind of cool. Uh, I, as a person who's like held a human brain before and like gone like mm. in biology classes and stuff like that in school and working with kids to get them interested in biology careers, like had people come in and bring like human organs and stuff. I uh, think that's, really interesting. <laughs> yeah, that is that is a unique angle, actually. And that's not something that was mentioned on the people, and we'll get into some of the comments of people who said it was like totally rad, at least how they felt about their yeah. skeleton. That's not an angle anyone explored, but it does remind me of when I was in middle school. This is probably the only time that I was up close and personal with a skeleton that wasn't my own and also mm. wasn't covered by like living flesh, because we're all surrounded by skeletons all the time. <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not, yeah. but... In this middle school class, there was oh, good practical effects work back there. Uh, in my middle school class, there was this idea that, okay, we've got this real human skeleton. It's going to be great for learning biology. Like, that was the whole thing. And being middle schoolers, of course, we thought to ourselves, oh, well, this is interesting. Why don't we name it? No, don't name it. Yeah. No. Right. Because, of course, this is or was, it belonged to a real person. And though they donated it to science, the teacher put the kibosh on that. And I was shocked, actually, that no one developed a nickname for that skeleton outside of class. Mm. As middle schoolers, they were actually respectful. Mm. No disrespect to middle schoolers. I know that's a big, <laughs> big demo for me, but, um, huh. Yeah. That seems strange thinking about it. You were more working with the like the human brains and stuff when you were actively not that you have to say like where it was or anything, but that mm-hmm. was when you were an adult and in classrooms where yeah. they were yeah. Yep, working with kids to like get them interested in uh, different careers and just kind of get them thinking about like what they might want to do someday. And so we do a lot of different things like 
take them to different businesses in town and do like, you know, kind of field trips and stuff. And we have speakers come in from the community and talk about their careers and their jobs and things like that. And one of the things that we did that was my favorite was bring in um, some students from the university to um, look at human organs that had been donated to science, which I always joke that I pushed the middle schoolers out of the way so that I could be the first one to hold the brain. <laughs> um, but it was a little bit less like that and a little bit more like trying to show them that it's cool and it's okay to hold the brain. But I joke that I pushed them out of the way. Well, you know, <laughs> at least, uh, it was about building that excitement, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? And I will exactly. say that even though my middle schooler like said no to naming the skeleton, people remained engaged. Right. She's a very, very good teacher and I think still might be teaching. I hope so. Did, did great Hey, if you're listening, middle school teacher, you know who you are, and congratulations, <laughs> you left me with this memory. Uh, we did have someone who mentioned on YouTube, or excuse me, Twitter, that they thought their skeleton was rad because, quote, of course she's rad. She's a child of the 80s. Mm. All right, good. good one. I appreciate that. Yeah. That one came from author Bibadora Lisa, who has been mentioned in past episodes for having contributed Lisa is a fellow author in the Wisconsin community, and so thank you, Lisa, for that and for your support of my books, which, you know, if you're tuning into this show, you could consider checking those out, too. I wouldn't be upset about it. Maybe I'll put a link in the video. I, I might be upset about it. Lisa, Lisa's <laughs> going to be upset about it if you read my books, because that's, yeah, no. We had teamwork, right? I thought, yeah, <laughs> yeah right, right, right. I'm very supportive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so cool. Normally at this point in the show, after we talk about Relatability Corner, I'll go kind of into something that's a little more, it's meant to be off the cuff, it's mm -hmm. meant to be a little more exploratory of like a bigger idea thing, right? And this week, one thing that's been on my mind, as you are aware of, is this idea of respect, you know? Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking about it specifically in the context of being mindful of people's time and being respectful of the social contract, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so I won't get into super in-depth details on it because personally, it's something that I know I'll get through. It's a, hopefully just a one week thing, but it's kind of an everything coming at me at one time. But what I think it would be really interesting to do is to talk about how in your experience and in my experience, this is something that comes up and what it is that either of us or both of us have done to try to reset when we feel there is not perhaps as strong of a sense of respect as we might like to have in whatever the engagement mm -hmm. might be. So just the Cliff Notes version, I had a lot of folks that I was working with this week on a number of different projects and we had some deadlines set and I would say 70% of people blew their deadlines this week and my week's all a jumble. I'm recording this episode way later in the day, folks, and things are way behind. I'm not very happy about it. It'll be okay. Lacey's shaking her head. She knows I'm not very happy about it, despite my smile. So that has left me with a great deal of consternation, and it's been really troubling for me. I think I kind of know what my strategies for confronting that are going to be like, but Lacey, you have had similar things happen to you, perhaps with people not being as mindful of your time or your space. And if you're comfortable and you don't mind sharing maybe just I, what that can kind of look like and then maybe what it is that you've tried to do to reclaim that, maybe we can take it that direction. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, to set some context a little bit, I guess I currently work in human resources. So I do some recruiting. So I spend a lot of my time on the phone or in in-person interviews with people, which obviously 
I'm working with a lot of people every single day and I have very tight deadlines for when those things need to be done so I can move on to the next person, that kind of thing. Um, so one thing that I always do upfront is tell people how much time I have to spend with them. Um, I obviously don't put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and also you're not meeting with people in person now. Right, not right are, now. Interviews are a little yeah. slow at the moment. Yeah. But when it's, when it's not my work looks very different right now. Yes. But generally. But you're um, upfront about, you try to manage those expectations. And you manage the expectation saying, you know, let's chat for 10 minutes on the phone. Um, you know, our interviews usually take 20 to 30 minutes just so that people know going into it how much time that that, that should take. Um, I think also I've definitely had people who I'm on the phone with or in person with who, you know, for one reason or another, maybe they're nervous, uh, go on tangents and like don't quite recognize that you know, it's time to wrap up and that, you know, the time frame has kind of passed. And so I just in the middle of it, sometimes we'll even just say it, tell people like, I, I want to make sure that you're able to answer all these questions and we're running a little bit lower on time. So I'm going to move forward with the next question. So just kind of being upfront with people and letting them know that, you know, there is a, there is a time frame on this. And sometimes I'll even say, you know, I, I do have another person that I have to call in another five minutes. So to be respectful of your time and to make sure that you're able to get to all of the things that you want to talk about, you know, if we can move on to the next question. And what, what I like about that, and that's something that I am trying to really embody this week, is this idea that we are affirming not only that we believe our space and our time should be respected, but that the other individual also should know that we are doing this in trying to be mindful of them mm -hmm. as well. Because what I have found is I'm doing a very tricky dance where in my case it is, in most cases for the people I'm working with, they, they can play a little more fast and loose with their deadlines. And right now is a really challenging time to meet any kind of deadline. I know that a lot of us are emotionally drained or there's just a lot of additional stress right now. And this kind of ties back into something that I talked about in the episode about empathy, right? It's about being mindful, not only of ourselves and maybe how we're feeling, but about how others are feeling and recognizing that, hey, maybe it is okay if we're gonna miss a deadline or if it's gonna take us a little longer to do A, B, or C, but being upfront and managing expectations on both sides of that are really important. And so for me, what I have been trying to do this week is letting people know, you know, I am acknowledging that we came up short on a deadline here, and I'm, and I'm also using words like we, I didn't miss that deadline, <laughs> but I'm gonna use words like we and try to establish that empathy and say, I get it, things do come up, I would really appreciate it though if we could just be mindful of each other's space and time, mm -hmm. let me know in advance and we'll see what we can do to work with this going forward. But just know that missing one of these deadlines, at least in my mm -hmm. case, is gonna have a really big impact on what the shape of the collaboration looks like going forward. And that's mm -hmm. not to say it falls apart, of course. No, not at all. It just means we, we're gonna have to take some additional things into consideration that we probably could have mitigated or avoided mm -hmm have you communicated in advance or simply made it work for everyone, you know? So I don't know, that's kind of, that's been on my mind a lot today and probably will be for a while. Um, I, I kind of want to know from your perspective is the skill that you have developed here in your space as someone who's working in HR, is that something that you have really come into a better understanding of just as your work in that field has developed, or is this something that you feel like you've been kind of developing in steps going back a ways? Oh yeah, I would say definitely something you develop going, you know, going back a ways. It's not something that is, you know, inherent to a specific role. I think, you know, in I, 
in my career, I've done a lot of kind of different things, working with kids, working with the elderly, now working in HR. Um, so it's, I think even just, not even just with your time and with deadlines, but just across the board communication, like setting um, the expectation of like what you expect and when, um, you know, that kind of thing and checking in with people. So that's something that I think, you know, I think back to like my college days and how terrible I was at that and how terrible I was personally at keeping deadlines and like being a good communicator with people, um, which of course like brings me a lot of shame now <laughs> as a person who's like very organized and like does this for a living. <laughs> and that's the trouble, right? Is because when you really can empathize, like, yeah, I was that guy for quite a while because I hadn't quite reached a point where I was willing to understand that like, my concept of busy when I was 21 is vastly different than my concept of busy. My concept of priorities is very different. You know, 21 to 31 to whatever age I make it to, it's surely going to change again. And so that's what makes it so fraught, right? Mm -hmm. Is this idea of, wow, I can look back and I can feel kind of bad for maybe how I was toward people. Mm -hmm. And I guess maybe that comes into the side of we're managing expectations, right? And maybe that management of ex expectations helps another person become aware of it mm -hmm. a little earlier in their own journey. And in the very least, it should be hopefully uh, working toward a more positive relationship or continuing to make a positive relationship. So yeah, mindfulness, <laughs> empathy. These are all things we've talked about in previous episodes, but it's manifested really strongly this week in particular. I don't know what's going on. Is it a full moon? Do we have a full moon this week? I don't know. I usually am aware of that, that kind of thing, but I, I think we're, I, I think we're between a new moon and like a first quarter actually. So know. folks, we're on the opposite end. This is the upside down. I don't know what we're doing here, but I will say this. One thing that you mentioned was managing expectations. We've talked about trying to cultivate empathy and the other thing that you and I both know as part of training from a place we have both worked, I am not there any longer, but it is mm -hmm. something that has stuck with me. Managing expectations is one of them. And the other is writing a good final chapter, right? And so that's this idea of when things don't go well, or when maybe a relationship isn't going as planned, we want to come back on the far side of that. And even if we had a bit of a rocky road, find a way to leave a good final impression. Mm -hmm. And the language of writing a good final chapter is especially apt because regardless of the context you're in, but especially in the industry I am in primarily, which mm -hmm. is writing and publishing, we want that in our fiction. You don't want to write a bad last <laughs> chapter that makes readers upset, but you also should strive for that in interpersonal relationships as well. So do you have any thoughts on, on writing a good final chapter? Like, is that something that can you share like an anecdote that doesn't give away any? Yeah, I think just kind of in general, I think something that I have struggled with and gotten better at over time is sometimes writing that good final chapter is, or as good a final chapter as you can write um, means like recognizing that maybe the something that has gone wrong isn't entirely the other person's fault, that maybe there was something that you did that played into that as well and being open to apologizing for that and just being open to like, I guess just being open to taking some of that, you know, that blame, quote unquote, or not like throwing all the blame on somebody and making them a villain. So I think, you know, writing as good a final chapter as you can sometimes means like, 
you have to be able to recognize your actions and be able to apologize for those, which is something that I have struggled with for a long time, but also something that continue to work on. And at the same time too, we want to be mindful of not always taking on that energy because it is important that we do that exploration, Mm -hmm. I think, but we can run ourselves into the ground if we're always... If we're letting someone take advantage of us and then apologizing yeah. for that, that creates an abusive sort of relationship dynamic, regardless of personal or professional mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But it is, like you say, that's certainly worth keeping in mind and mm-hmm. being willing to apologize and even ask the question, what can I do to help mm-hmm. next time? Like, how can we find a way to ensure that we're participating in what feels like an equitable distribution of mutual respect kind of thing? Mm-hmm. That was really buzzwordy. God, this is going to mm-hmm. turn into <laughs> All these shows are going to turn into a nonfiction book at some point, probably. <laughs> but, uh, okay, very good. So we're reaching our 20-minute mark, which is where I like to start mm-hmm. winding things down. So I will do that for you now, viewers and listeners. I've had some questions come in about when I'm doing my next live event on YouTube or Instagram. Here you are with an update on that. I would like to do the next event Monday, the 11th of May at 7 p.m. Central. That's normally when we've been doing game night the last couple of weeks, but we'll have to shuffle things around. We'll make it work. But I wanted to do an event. The poll this week actually will, well, maybe I'll still do a relatability corner. We'll see. I I do like that segment. But I am going to throw a poll up over on Twitter, maybe on Facebook also, for those of you who are friends with me on Facebook. And I'm going to ask what you want to do with that time. And the options I'm going to give are paint. You got me those paints for, was Mm. that my birthday? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Something like that. And I've used those one time and I need exactly one time. (laughs) I need to find a way to force myself to, you know, do it again because I enjoyed doing it. So paint, we can choose to paint together or you can watch me paint. Is it like Bob Ross style? Maybe. I I, I don't know. I I was thinking about doing something like that, but I know based on how my painting went last time, it's not going to look like that. (laughs) So you can choose paint and see how that goes. Or we can do a music related thing where, you know, how for all of these episodes, I've been creating original music or doing covers of music. We can do like a live production thing. It'll be me in the lab, man, except it'll just be my laptop and you'll hear it and we'll, I don't know, talk as we create something together. You can give me feedback in the chat, whatever it is. So Twitter, uh, let me know what you would like to do for that live chat and we'll take it from there. Other quick things here, the next episode coming up, May 14th and patreon.com slash just me with RR if you want to hang out over there. No one has yet. That's okay. These things take time. And if it doesn't work out, that's fine too. We're trying to have fun. <laughs> but patreon.com slash just me with RR, exclusive content, additional bonus stuff. You can check it all out over there. I won't give you the full rundown now. And again, Twitter and Instagram. You can find me there as at IMRR Campbell. And remember to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, leave ratings and reviews. I'm always grateful for that. And of course, for your comments and your emails at just me with RR at gmail.com. Anything you would like to say before we do the official sign-off? Uh, this wasn't as painful as I thought it was going to be for me. I really struggle hearing my own voice and like being on camera. It's really hard. Um, but you made this comfortable, so thank you. That's a five-star review. <laughs> That's a five-star review right there. Look at that. I made the Ryan made this comfortable. Five stars. Apple Podcasts. I like that. Very good, everyone. Until next week, this is your reminder to live unscripted, live unedited, and live unafraid.